Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Extra Awesome, a series of bonus episodes from Sorta Awesome designed to bring even more awesome into your life. No matter what age or stage of life we are in, most of us struggle with answering the question, how can I find time to get everything done? Today's guest is author and speaker, Lara Vanderkam, whose books include 168 Hours, You Have More Time Than You Think, What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast, and most recently, I Know How She Does It, How Successful Women Build Lives That Work. She's here today to encourage you in all the ways you can use those precious first few hours of the day to be even more awesome. No matter what season of life you are in, I know you'll appreciate her advice. Hello, awesomes. I am thrilled to welcome to this episode of Extra Awesome, author and speaker, Laura Vanderkam. Hi, Laura, and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, Laura, you are most widely known as someone who really challenges the notion that there aren't enough hours in the day. I think that is such a widely held belief that we just do not have enough time to get done everything we need to and everything that we want to. But your opinion that challenges that notion, that's not just some kind of pie in the sky thing you came up with. It's a belief you've really backed up with the research and all of the study that you've done. We're going to get into that in just a bit. But first, I would love to hear just a little bit of your story, where you're from, your education your family, and how you landed in this realm of productivity and time management? That's a good question. I, I, uh, people often ask me, how, how does one become a time management expert anyway? Yes. And I, I wish it was because I was always on time, and it really isn't. <laughs> um, I'd say I, was once, I was once late to my own speech on time management. It was really just a, a fun moment for all involved. Well, I, I live outside Philadelphia um, with, with my husband, my four kids. My journey here has come through journalism, actually. I started out in journalism. And it's sort of somewhat natural to get to book writing through through that process. Uh, in my journalism, I had interviewed a lot of successful people over the years. I've always been interested in how they were spending their time, like what their lives really looked like, because it struck me that we all have the exact same amount of time. Uh, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. We all have the same 168 hours in a week. And so when you meet people who are doing amazing things with their lives, um, you know, whatever other advantages they have going for them, they do not have more time than, right. than any of the rest of us. And so, so I found true. that fascinating. And I've tried to study that a bit more. And, and most of my research and my books have, have come out of that question. I mean, what are people doing with their hours that enables them to build the lives they want? Gotcha. That is so interesting. I love it. I love that journalism thing. I did not know that that is kind of where you got started on the writing path. So that's fascinating. Okay. Well, one of your books that I am just the most interested in myself because I am definitely a morning person and I love to get up and be as productive as possible before my four kids are up and on the day is your book, What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast. So you kind of touched on this a little bit that this is one of the things that you have studied and asked people and kind of dug into their lives to figure out as you prepared that book. What were some of the recurring themes, maybe some principles that you saw across the board that the most successful people do 
before breakfast. Mornings are just a great time for getting stuff done, as you have discovered in your busy life. This is time you can have for yourself and for your own goals before everyone else's priorities start invading. Uh, And so that makes it a great time for doing those things that we think of as important but not urgent, Um, the things such as nurturing our careers or our relationships or ourselves. And so I saw that successful people often had morning rituals that helped advance them toward the lives they want. It's really just about using that time before work or before the rest of your day starts to do something other than just getting ready to start the day. That if you can carve out a little bit of time for something that is more long-range thinking, more goal-oriented, you vastly increase the chances that you make progress toward it. There's some research finding that we have more willpower, In the morning, we have more discipline, more ability to focus. Uh, We have uh, certain, I guess you could think of your decision-making capability as like a muscle and it gets fatigued as you use it over the course of the day, as you're making decisions even about like what you're wearing, where you're going, what you're eating, dealing with difficult people. All of this uses the same uh, mental energy and so you're taxing it, but in the morning you have a fresh supply. And so that makes it a really great time for doing those things that do require energy and discipline and focus, whether that's working on your novel or if it's getting in a difficult workout or if it's long-term business thinking, you know, where you want your company to go. Those are all great things to do in the morning. That totally makes sense. I had not thought about that, the decision-making muscle. I think that, gosh, so many of us, I'm sure, can relate to that, how many decisions we have to make before we even get out the door. So, yes, that completely makes sense why those early morning hours are so filled with productivity. A couple of years ago, I co-wrote a book with a friend, and I tell people all the time, the vast majority of that book was written in the pre-dawn hours, way, way, way early in the morning before my kids were up because it was just so much quiet time and such a cushion on the day before the day got started. So, And it's time that can't then be taken away from you. I mean, people have work emergencies that keep them at work or a kid, you know, something you have to do with your kid. And that means that you won't get to it at night or at night, you're just tired. I mean, you're sitting there and like the, the couch and the glass of wine, is really, really tempting. <laughs> right. right? You know? Or even if, to think about the willpower aspect of this, I, I often use the example that you know, diets aren't broken with a spoon going straight into the ice cream at 7am. Like, that's really more of a 10pm sort of activity. <laughs> totally. Um, and, and so it's that same mental willpower we have in the morning for all sorts of things. And if you can choose to use that towards some something that matters to you, something that is important to you, um, then you're ahead of the game. Gotcha. Well, lots of the writing that you do on your own blog, which is filled with tons of productivity advice and encouragement, and then you also write columns at places like Fast Company, a lot of those are directed at an audience that is made up of people who are actively in the working world or people who already might be inclined to seek out productivity advice and really seeking that sense of balance and efficiency in their lives. And we certainly have a significant number of women in the sort of awesome audience who totally fit that description. But I know that these are principles that can apply to all stages of life. So I'm going to throw a couple of examples out there to you and see how women in each of these stages of life might be able to adapt these principles of the before breakfast productivity time to where they are in life. First, what about a young woman, maybe someone who's fresh out of school or fresh out of her education and training? She has her first job in the professional world, but she's still, you know, she's in her early 20s. She has a very busy social life. What would you suggest to her in terms of this uh, early morning productivity? What might she be getting out of it? 
Sure. Well, morning is a, a great time for exercise still, you know, even, even if you are the sort of person who can um, exercise after work, because she will probably discover that it's a lot harder to exercise after work, especially <laughs> yes. if you want to go out with friends, like there's a happy hour going on or there's professional networking activities. And yes. you want to do those things. Those are a great thing to do when you're, you're young and building your career and building your network. Um, so I would say that something like uh, getting a workout in in the morning is a great way to make sure that it stays a part of her life. I mean, particularly you stop being in school. You're not in school sports anymore. You got, you got to start uh, taking care of yourself that way. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, so that would be one good thing she could do. You know, if there's things that um, sometimes our first jobs are not necessarily 100% where we want to be right. in life yes. over time. And, and so if there's other aspects of her professional life that she would want to develop, I think that morning time could be great for that, too. Uh, so if it's, you know, that she wants to start a, a side hustle and something that's a wee bit more, you know, perfectly focused on her interests, if she's thinking of going back to school, like that could be a time to work on applications for that. Um, it could be a time for, you know, one thing I often encourage people to think about is we can all become thought leaders in our particular areas of expertise over time. And, and it's, it's a lot easier to do that these days than in the past where you had to go through all sorts of gatekeepers and all that. So if she wants to think about well, what would I like to be known for? And then could I start a blog associated with that? Or could I, you know, write a white paper that I might share with people in my community or something for a professional journal? Those are all great things to be thinking about in the morning. And, and it's not about getting up at the crack of dawn. I mean, particularly if you're a young professional, you know, you have to be at work at what, let's say nine, you're, you're leaving the house at 815. Like there's, you, you don't have to be up at 530 right. in, in this universe. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's more about, you know, if you, if you would normally get up at 730 in order to be ready to leave the house at 815, maybe you choose to get up at 6.45 or 6.30 and then you have that hour that you can use. And, and you know, other people in different stages of life may have to get up earlier in order to seize that time. But you don't have to get up at the crack of dawn just to get up at the crack of the dawn. The, the idea is more, am I using this time before I go to work for something other than getting ready for work? And, and particularly for, for young people with fewer responsibilities, it may not have to be all that early. Right. That totally makes sense. Well, speaking of women who have lots of responsibilities that they're juggling, one thing that I thought about as I prepared for this show is it's super easy for me to get up early. I am a, an early bird by nature, but I have lots of friends who are not. They are night owls and they are up until the late hours, either being busy with uh, work or whatever, or maybe just hanging out and enjoying some downtime. So let me ask you this. What about a stay-at-home mom who has little children who are not school-aged yet, who is also a night owl by nature? What might she be doing in those early morning hours? Yeah, well, I think you know, there's a couple things to think about here. I mean, again, you don't have to get up just to get up. Uh, so the question is, how could she build some time into her life for having fun? And, and there's lots of ways you can do that. If it's, you know, the kids are at preschool for a few hours, that's something, you know, consciously using nap time for reading a book as opposed to cleaning the kitchen. I mean, really, come on, yes. have some fun in your life. Right. <laughs> um, you know, or hiring a sitter occasionally. I mean, there's lots of ways you can have that sort of fun in your life. You don't have to get up early just to do so. I would say that Fewer people are night owls than think they are. Oh, I mean, one of the reasons a lot of people think they are night owls is because they like to stay up late doing stuff. But it's that they like to do stuff. It's not that they like to stay up late. It's just that this is also quiet time you can have yes. for fun. Yes. Um, when you have young kids, you know, they go to bed relatively early. And so then you have that evening hours that are yours. And often because we're responsible people, we decide like, oh, well, I need to clean the whole house first. And then I can have my fun. Yeah. Well, if you do that. 
your fun is naturally going to start later. And you think that you're a night owl because you want to stay up having your fun, but it's really just that you want your fun. And so it could start earlier. Like you could say, well, it doesn't matter that there are toys on the floor because guess what? They're just going to come out again the next morning, <laughs> but you're never sure. going to get that hour back. So stop <laughs> right. picking them up. Like just stop picking them up. Let, let them stay where they are uh, and go start reading your book, watching your TV show, whatever it is, uh, you know, earlier. And then you can get to bed earlier and then you can wake up earlier and have a little quiet time before the kids get up. That makes a lot of sense. I know I'm one of those. I like to pick up as soon as everybody's in bed. <laughs> so maybe I need to take that advice to heart too, to just like, it's okay every now and again to just let them be there because you are so Love right. Me. They are totally coming out the next day for sure. Okay. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, we have lots of women in our audience who are now empty nesters. They are uh, maybe retired or moving towards retirement. And so for them, their daily schedule, now that their children are grown and out of the house, house, it's really a lot more flexible than it's ever been. And so they have filled their time with things like travel, uh, volunteering. They're also in a stage of life where they're more keenly aware of health concerns. So for that woman who is moving into that stage of life, what would your advice be for her? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's some evidence that um, in the course of our lives, we, we start waking up earlier as uh, we get older, um, that, that teenagers, for instance, are the opposite end of the spectrum. They like <laughs> right. to, to sleep until noon. And then a number of uh, older adults, do, you know, learn that no matter what they do, they can't sleep in past 7am yes. anyway. So right. it's, uh, you may wind up having the mornings available to you, whether you intend to have them available to you <laughs> right. or not. Um, I, I still think that it's a, it's a good time for doing anything that is important to you, even if life doesn't have a way of crowding out. It, it's not so much that you don't have space in your life to write the novel. It's just that as you get through the day, there's other things that's going to come up, whether it's, you know, that you have your volunteering gig you need to get to, your friends are going to call and say, we got to hang out, like your, you know, grandkids need to be picked up somewhere. There's, there's lots of reasons that the day can still get away from you, um, even if it's relatively unstructured or anything like that. So if, you know, you've always wanted to, to write that novel, I would su suggest, you know, try it in the morning. You don't have to get up at the crack of dawn again. I keep saying that, but yeah, I think it's just, I'm sensitive about this because I keep hearing from people like, well, I would like to wake up at 3.30. I'm like, oh, why? No. <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> don't, don't, don't say I told you to do that either. Right, right. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just that if you say, well, I've always wanted to write a book, for instance, and I'm going to consciously use the time from seven to eight in the morning uh, to work on it. And then I'm going to celebrate by letting myself do whatever I want, uh, whether it's you know, watch a favorite TV show, if it's go out for breakfast, if it's um, get together with friends, who knows. But just having had that space for some long-term project, uh, it's just a great time of day to do it. We're more focused and productive then. Uh, and you start the day with this huge victory. And, and what's better than that? That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Well, now your newest book that you just put out last year is I Know How She Does It. And I know that you did a ton of research to put this book together. Tell us a little bit about what your mission was with that book. And then were there any like big surprises or fascinating nuggets that you found as you went through the research for this book? Well, as a working mom, I kind of get frustrated by the whole narrative that we are inevitably harried, sleep deprived, no time for fun. Uh, I You hear these stories about women in work, and they always take this format they call the recitation of dark moments, which is that our heroine is this hard-charging professional who's doing her level best to combine work and family, but a series of dark moments <laughs> leads to this epiphany that something must change. You know, she's right, right. dialed down and scale back and opt out and 
join with the Greek chorus of the disillusioned chanting that women can't have it all. And, you know, I read all these stories. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, you know, this is, I, this format just is, is so out there and it's a little tiresome because you and I both know plenty of women who are doing fine with oh, the yes. juggle and their stories do not get told. Um, cause they're, they're not as sexy and exciting. Like, you know, woman combines work and family just fine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> news exactly. News at 6 PM. Right. So I wrote this book to, to counter that. And I knew it couldn't just be based on anecdote because the other problem is that a lot of the literature on women and work and life is totally based on stories and stories are awesome, but stories in a world of 7 billion people, you can find a story of anything. So I wanted to do research into how women with big jobs and families actually spend their time. And so I collected time diaries from 1,001 days in the lives of women who met two conditions. One is that they earn six figures a year. So that is obviously a hugely arguable definition of professional success, uh, which I can, I'm sure your listeners will write me and be like, I'm, I'm the top of the field and I'm not earning that. I, I get that. I, <laughs> right, I know right. that as a writer. Okay. Sure, <laughs> like, you know, yes. uh, but it, it was at least objective. Yes. So I could, I could use that. And then the other condition is that they had children at home, which also is as an arguable definition of having a full personal life or anything. But again, if you have kids at home, you're probably spending some time on them. Uh, so this was a way I could look at people who had big careers and also had full personal lives as well. Yes. And what does it look like? And I added up time spent on work and looked at when they worked and how much and how much they slept and did housework and whatever else. And the good news is that women have far more balanced lives than people often think. Um, the women in my study were working more than 40 hours a week, which probably is not hugely surprising given that they were earning $100,000 plus a year. But they didn't work a lot more than 40 hours a week. They were only working 44 hours a week on average, which I think if people knew that, they're like, I mean, I think a lot of people assume that if you want to earn six figures, you have to sell your soul, like you'll yes. be working 70, 80 hours a week. No, these people were working just slightly longer than a normal full-time job. And I think that that is important for young women to hear, that there are actually huge marginal returns in terms of your salary, your potential salary, for working just a few extra hours per week. That is um, interesting. I don't think the difference between 40 and 44 hours is life-altering. Um, but right. on the money front, it, it truly could be. Uh, the other good news is that women were sleeping. Like we always hear that, you know, if you want to – work, you'll never see your family. If you somehow manage to see your family, you will never sleep. But women in my study were sleeping on average 54 hours a week, which you do the math seven days a week. That's just a little bit under eight hours a day, um, which again, nobody would, would suspect. And yet right. it's true because sleep is a biological function. It is not a testament to how important you are. <laughs> and, right. and so our bodies will, will get the sleep that you know, eventually they need unless you're a, a chronic insomniac. That's a whole different medical issue. But you know, the, people get sleep. We just tend to remember the worst nights. Right. Um, and <laughs> those are the ones sure. we talk about. We talk about the night that my kid was up twice and then I had to be on a plane at six and woe is me. Uh, but we don't talk about the next night when we slept just fine. Right. So, yeah. so that was some of the surprising news. So interesting. Well, we in the community, we talk often about kind of reshaping our lives to make those little tweaks along the way to allow our time to be better spent. So I know that there are going to be plenty of people, Lara, who would love to follow up with you on social media or on your blog somewhere uh, to continue the conversation. So before we go, if you could just tell us where we can find you all around the web. 
Sure. Well, I blog um, close to daily at lauravandercam.com. That's just my name. Love to talk about issues of career, life, family, children, uh, money, lots of different topics. Uh, so I would love to connect with your listeners there, your community there. Uh, I'm also on social media, Facebook, Laura Vandercam author, Twitter at L Vandercam. And I spend way too much time on both. So (laughs) you will definitely find me uh, and, and I would love to connect with people there as well. Okay. Well, Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. We so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Extra Awesome. Show notes for this and every episode are available at sortaawesomeshow.com. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg, and you can follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Until next time, stay awesome, my friends. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.